You're gonna like that I'm gonna one. I'm gonna turn my camera off to uh, save some bandwidth. All right. Well. Hey. <laughs> you've turned into an icon of your wife. <laughs> yes, that's much better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess if we squint, it looks a bit like you. That's <laughs> hmm. not very yeah, much. I'm, I'm really squinting. I'm not seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, are you ready to kick it off? Yep. Might as well. Yeah. All right. Well, listeners, you're listening to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We are a podcast that talks about a horror movie, which we will spoil. uh, Probably more than one in this case. And some recently watched, which we may or may not spoil. And uh, we thank the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. You can find their music on Apple Music or Amazon, where you can buy it digitally. And say hello to them on Facebook, where they are the Moon Dash Rays. And we are three friends who are broadcasting, podcasting from three different locations, and we are not professional <laughs> critics. And I, I got to tell you guys something. You'll you'll be very, very thrilled. I was watching um, Stephen Colbert the other night. Uh-huh. And, and he, he had, uh, um, what's his face? Harry Potter on there. What's that? Oh, yeah, Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, Daniel Radcliffe. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I drew a blank on his name. He had Daniel Radcliffe on, and they were trying to use Zoom, and they couldn't get the audio at all. And I was just, no. I was just thinking, guys, 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 <laughs> we're much, <laughs> we're doing much better. I've got a microphone propped up against an iPad to catch you guys because I tried everything else to do a line into the computer or into the Zoom, the Zoom um, hardware that we record with. But, uh, hey, if all those people with all that money can't get it, I think we're doing all right. <laughs> this is isopod number three. Yes. Isopod. Um, yeah, guys, uh, how are you doing um, getting through quarantine or or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I, I guess we're under stay at home orders here in Colorado. Yeah. Isn't that quarantine? That's the same thing. What, what's the diff? Yeah. Uh, what is this week? Three? I think so. Week 12. We had about a, we had about a week, a week or more. Year of, four. It feels like it. We had, we had about a week. Uh, going on where we really limited things before that. So I got to say, um, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world to, what are those guys who do a lot of prison time? They're like, Oh, how do they put that? <laughs> yeah. I did a dime up at San Quentin. 
you know. Yeah. I could do five years stay. They, they raise birds. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I could do five years standing on my head. <laughs> I kind of feel like. So they, so they extended it to the end of the month. Uh, as long as uh, somebody who expects us to do this coughs up some money, I don't care what they say. Let's just do it. Yeah. <laughs> Have you run out of stuff to do, either one of you? Uh-uh. Not really. How about bacon? I, I just had a uh, Watergate comic just came out and uh, a Dane Gould poster. Hopefully tonight's show, he'll put it up. Oh, cool. Um, and then I've got a... Yeah, there's a couple more things coming out soon. Nice. Very nice. Yes. So uh, the Dana Gould poster, do you want to tell our listeners, since it will certainly be out there in the world, do you want to tell them what that looks like and what it says? Uh, we know Dana Gould does uh, he, he does an act where he's done up as Dr. Zayas by um, various uh, Hollywood friends of his. Um, so it looks really great. And uh, uh, and it's a poster of him as Dr. Zayas uh, uh, telling people to wash their hands. Um, <laughs> uh, I love it. Uh, as soon as I see it up on his uh, his show, I'll um, I'll put it up on Facebook and and uh, uh, Deviant Deviant Art and my website. Um, so it's just something I thought to do to um, I could send out, and then he might be able to make a bit of money for his. Uh, his crew or wherever he wants. Yeah. Very nice. Um, I, try, I tried sending uh, pages of my old uh, Ninjago stuff out to comic shops, but they've all like closed down. <laughs> so uh, uh, yeah. the idea fell through. But uh, You mean they're, anyway. they're non-essential businesses, huh? Like gun shops. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> Someone's got a weird idea of essential, that's what I say. You know... Yeah. I tend to agree, you guys. It's it's kind of crazy. Um, I remember when the mayor closed down uh, the booze and uh, pot shops in Denver. For all of not quite two hours. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty hilarious. When people- yeah, there's people with, with burning torches outside his mansion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know what? A lot of times in those old movies, people say the villagers with torches and pitchforks, but I noticed more rakes when we looked at the Frankenstein movies. Hmm. Hey, um, our stats, believe it or not, our listens are way up on SoundCloud. Very nice. Like three times higher. People are finally getting around to listening to all the podcasts that they've been meaning to. Or they've run out of content completely, and then they're finally down to like we're number like thirty six. Yeah, I got you guys. I am so annoyed that out of all the horror movie podcasts, that we aren't anywhere near some of them that haven't recorded in like two years. What the ah. hell? I there's some there's some bunch of steps you got to go through. I think to get people to notice you, and I don't know what they are. We need an expert to tell us. Pandemic. Well, that'll certainly help us. <laughs> Unless I'm getting emails from uh, people I haven't seen since college. <laughs> oh, wow. The old college friends. Yeah. Everybody's, uh, I think, finally taking personal inventory, right? 
Like, uh, mm-hmm. who are some friends I haven't been in touch with? Should I check on them? And, uh, you know, call your mom, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, we've, uh, let me grab our stats real quick. I think you guys will be interested to hear who's listening and where, or well, at least where our listens are coming from. Um, coming from inside the house. <laughs> The top three, the top three are (laughs) the United States, of course, um, Canada, then Brazil, then the UK, then Egypt, then Russian Federation, then Republic of Korea, and then Israel. And then it's pretty low listens after that. Um, Top cities are Denver, um, Buffalo, New York. Winnipeg, Canada. Winnipeg. Hello. (laughs) Winnipeg. Our neighbors to the north. Then uh, Boston, uh, Atlanta, Georgia, Pasadena, uh, Maryland, not Pasadena, California. Uh, Mesa, Arizona, and Littleton, Colorado. London, UK, and um, Pasatempo, Brazil. And then Cairo, Egypt. Uh, Cairo? Yeah, Cairo. Uh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting, right? Um, so we're yep. getting we're getting listens. I mean, we have listens in Tel Aviv and Tijuana and um, Melbourne and a lot of places. But uh, it's it's super interesting that uh, P- are they listening so uh, they can learn how to uh, emulate our uh, different dialects <laughs> or try to try to understand our. Our colloquialisms. I don't know. I can't explain why they listen. I'm not going to try. I'm just going to say hello, everybody. <laughs> We're glad you're listening. It, it's not easy, right? Staying amused when uh, when you don't have all the tasks we all have. Yeah. I assume you guys have stuff to do. Yeah, I'm done ah. with cleaning and tree soaring. Oh, good. Back to arting. Yeah. You got to draw a lot of pictures. Yep. Um, I have to tell you guys, I gave a couple of kids our coloring book and uh, I said, please send us some pictures of your colored pages. So hopefully uh, I got a couple back already, but I want to, I want to see more. I want to get a bunch of stuff. Um, But we've had a couple of purchases. I got to say thank you to people who've purchased and um, we're going to, we're going to start to see stuff on our social media eventually. Excellent. Uh, Excellent. So, Jolien, do you want to kick got, off Recently Watched? We got likes on the coloring book from uh, Stephen Bissett and Dan Brereton. Oh, cool. Yeah. Excellent. Yes. Yeah, uh, Stephen Bissett. Um, yeah, I think you might have mentioned that last show. So we got to say thank you, Stephen. And, um, yes. And Daniel Brereton. Dan Brereton, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I'm trying to think of who else we might have gotten this into the hands of or in, in into the attention of. But uh, anywho, uh, yeah, we're going to eventually it's going to get some traction, especially if con season ever happens again. How do you think? Yeah. How do you think virtual cons would go? I don't know. I don't know if it could be any good. I think it would be terrible. <laughs> There's something about that that uh, electricity in the air when you're around that many nerds. 
Yeah. Especially if you're fleecing money from them all. <laughs> but well, you better be. Huh? You better be. Yeah, no, that's the big idea anyway. But Julian, uh, do you have a, a good list of recently watched or have you been doing that much tree sawing? Uh, yeah, so we've been, we're almost through watching Spider-Man. Um, we have, uh, we watched, uh, well, I watched uh, Daughters of Satan from uh, 1973, I think. Uh, so this is a Filipino movie starring yeah. Tom Selleck. Yeah, I watched this one. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Vic Diaz is in it because he's the John Carradine of the Philippines. Um, yeah. This is directed by Hollingsworth Morse. It's probably like the mildest, most TV movie-like Filipino horror movie I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, pretty dull. you remember it? Um, yeah. It was, uh, I would definitely say it was very TV movie-like. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from the torture bits. <laughs> yeah. Certainly it's, like, it's not TV movie like. No. Um, so so Tom buys a painting of a Manila witch burning uh, from Vic uh, because the central witch looks like his wife, and uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and then uh, <laughs> figures from the painting, including uh, Nicodemus the dog, fade out of the painting and turn up at his home. Um, so it's a good kind of short story idea, but it's really tedious for a movie because you're just, uh, you know what's going to happen. Um, I love how he kept insisting that his, you know, the painting looked like his wife and she was like, no, I no. And he's like, it looks yeah. just like. <laughs> I was, I was uh, uh, cautioned that most women don't like to be told they look like anybody else. No. So. Yeah, she's she's a bit freaked out by it. Um, you know, he, darling, here's a picture of somebody who looks just like you being burned alive. Yeah. Um, he says Magnum at one point. Uh, a bandit says, uh, this is a matter of death and life. Um, you can see a poster for You Only Live Twice. And uh, I thought some of the nighttime shots in the house were pretty attractive, but otherwise it's fairly bland looking. Huh. Yeah. So, so this so was, that was on uh, Amazon. So, uh, yeah, yeah it, right. it's included on Prime. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's nice to not have to pay extra for stuff like that. Oh, right, yeah, you wouldn't want to pay to see this one. No, you <laughs> would be so mad. <laughs> you know, I can only imagine what it felt like back in the day when people paid to go see a movie at a drive-in theater and then find out they just put a different title and different poster on it and you had already seen it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what, well, drive-ins around here are, are pretty popular again. Yeah. I imagine now, yeah, because the... Uh, the uh, you, you can yeah, see them social distancing. in isolation. Yeah. So apparently they've uh, they've... They've surged in popularity. How many do we even right. have around here? Uh, there's at least one at like Santa Fe and Hamden. No kidding. Yeah, I think that's the Elvis one. Yeah. I didn't know there was one that close. I would totally go to that. Yeah, so. I've been to that. Do they have like the full experience with the concession stands and everything? 
I guess so. I didn't use that. Have you, have you been, Will? I've never been to that one. We, we went, we saw, uh, it sucks to see a, a good movie at a drive-in. Um, I, I, I imagine there's, you know, places where you go and see exploitation, quadruple bills and things. But uh, yeah. when we went, it was just uh, The Sixth Sense. Oh. Oh. So, uh, which was a quality movie. It's a terrible way to watch quality quality movies. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you if you see, like, I haven't been to a drive-in since I was a kid, but if you see something that was from, like, the 60s or 70s, it's fitting to see it in a drive-in theater, I would think. Like, yeah. if you were to go see Planet of the Apes... Or something like that. It would it would at least make sense that oh it's it's sort of from the heyday when the heyday still existed. But uh, what what else is on your list? Uh, I saw another Fellini movie, uh, Variety Lights from 1950. Um, so this is uh, uh, he co-directed it with uh, Alberto Latorre. Um, so this is another one of his films about a deluded, lustful man and. So beautiful women and a whole bunch of grotesque people. Um, <laughs> so this stars uh, his wife, Julieta Messina, and uh, Latuada's wife, uh, Carla, de Poggio, Carla del Poggio, and uh, also got uh, John Kitzmiller in it, who uh, he, uh, he was in a bunch of Italian movies. He, he was like a GI in Italy, and while he was over there uh, during the war, his parents died, and he just like stayed on in Italy. Um, didn't feel like going back home. Uh, he played uh, Quarrel in Doctor No. Uh, and in this movie, he plays this kind of uh, mystical black friend uh, type of character. Uh, turns up towards the end. Um, basically, it's, it's about a guy who's running this really terrible variety show. Um, and uh, then this, this beautiful woman kind of barges her way into the show and it becomes really popular. And then he wants to, like... Uh, uh, breakaway and form his own, another troupe uh, starring her uh, and things go really downhill um, but uh, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a great looking movie um, it's uh, it's kind of cruel and affectionate at the same time um, but uh, yeah I, I enjoyed that one um, if, you, if you want to see more of uh, that team with uh, Kit Smiller uh, that, that did another movie called uh, Without Pity in 1948, uh, where he's, he's he's the main star of that one. Um, right. And then uh, I saw another Dorian Gray movie. Um, <laughs> this is from 1970. This is The the Secret of Dorian Gray. Uh, this is directed by Massimo Dalmano. Uh, stars Helmut Berger, uh, Herbert Long, and Richard Todd. Uh, I felt this one was uh, pretty superficial. Um but, you know, Dorian Gray is all about superficial. Um, it's, it's, got a, it's very 1970. Um, it's got all these posh people in various 1970 fashions. Uh, I thought it was a good idea to be contemporary, but the trouble is uh, if you don't have the budget, then uh, in the Dorian Gray movie, he's all the, everyone around him is aging. Um, but by the end of the movie, it still looks like it's 1970. Oh. So uh, it kind of defeats the, you know, the illusion. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't think this is one of the, the better ones, but it's got a cool soundtrack. 
Um, so, you know, I, I enjoyed it. It looks good. Uh, and I saw a bunch of uh, virus movies. All right. <laughs> so, uh, Will, what's on your recently watched? Well, uh, I watched, uh, let's see. Uh, I watched a whole lot. We finished up uh, Dave season one. It's only six episodes. Um, uh, that, that doesn't look watch something called Forbidden uh, World, which is a really <laughs> bad 80s uh, alien knockoff. Uh-huh. Um, it's on Prime. Uh, I don't know if anybody wants to watch it. I Isn't wouldn't. that a Roger Corman thing? It is. Yeah. Um, I watched it because I was led there by another movie, which unfortunately is not on Prime. I'd recommend everyone watch it. Uh, <laughs> Lost Empire by the makers of Chopping Mall. Uh, what? This is a movie that needs to be seen. Uh, it was evidently made as a tax loss. Um <laughs> But uh, Jim Wynorkowski, who uh, did Chopping Mall, he uh, put his whole heart and soul into it. And I guess the guy who wanted to lose money on it decided it was he liked it enough to put it out. Uh, you know, a minor opening in several theaters. Uh, just insane. Couldn't get a more 80s movie if you tried. Um <laughs> Basic plot is, and it's not easy to follow. Um, <laughs> some ninjas turn up at an antique shop and kill everyone and a bunch of cops. And one of the cops knows a policewoman. Uh, oh, man. Uh, you have to see her. She, uh, she then... Gets two friends together and they go to some island to take place, take part in a tournament to win something uh, and infiltrate a cult that runs this tournament. Uh, <laughs> I've written the name down right now. <laughs> Evil or Lost Empire, 1984. I have a copy right. of it. I can get it to you somehow. <laughs> uh, I'll look for it. Yeah, uh, just unbelievable. Uh, she gets two friends. Everybody's quite busty. Uh, it's a very uh, Russ Myers kind of film. Um, the big Angus Grimm is in it. The tall man from uh, Phantasm. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just a, a fantastic film. I made Jean put her phone down to watch it. <laughs> well, I'm in. And, uh, yeah, if you, you got to find a copy of this. So where where did you find it? Uh, I I downloaded it. I couldn't find it on Amazon or anywhere to rent it. It came up on a uh, a list of uh, movies to watch in quarantine. Oh, and but he posted a photo of a matte painting they have that. That sold me on it. It looked like a cartoon. Didn't nice. look like a real painting. Um, it was pretty fantastic. I want a copy of it somehow. Man, matte paintings. Uh, matte paintings are a pass fail situation, aren't they? 
Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> hard fail on this one. Real hard fail. Either so, you don't uh, notice it and it's fine or you do and you just can't look at the movie the same way. <laughs> like for some weird reason, you know, that thing that most movies did up until recently where the couple would be driving in a car and it's clearly a projection. Yeah. Even if they move the car and move some shadows past them or whatever, it's still like, yeah, it's so fake. I mean, Hitchcock couldn't get past it. You know, nobody could. Yeah. And uh, other than putting the car on a trailer or having them actually drive a car. But you you would just like say, all right, I forgive that. There's there's no apparent way around it. Matte paintings, not the same deal. Mm, yeah. No. So, pass fail. I noticed the same thing with uh, today when they're having a – a car filmed in a studio and you have a green screen uh, like behind them. Yeah. As if mm-hmm. they're driving down a road. I still notice that. It still looks different. It does. Yeah. Just put it on a trailer, people. <laughs> there's a, 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 on Facebook, there's a, a site called Traditional Map Painting. Ooh, and, nice. uh, yeah, I, uh, uh, you know, I follow that because, uh, you know, it's amazing work. You know, it's a skill in itself. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And there's and there's there's uh, often paintings that come up and you think, oh wow, I never knew that was a painting. Yeah. Yeah. If it works, it works, and and it's a beautiful thing when it does. But and apparently, there's a science to it because uh, if you you can't do it detailed and uh, hard edged, it's got to be kind of soft and loose to a certain yeah. extent. Yeah. Uh, so it so it mimics how the mind sees landscapes uh, and so on yeah or even yeah. or even the depth of field with a camera you know right. you, you could at least you know blur it a little bit but uh yeah like I, I bet most of those ended up getting painted over or just getting thrown away yeah oh i'm certain yeah you know a lot of them were on glass the front projection uh, not not front yeah. projection, but the, uh, where they have the uh, the the mat in front of the camera, then the action behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, those are all on glass. Yeah, I guess the format of a shower door saved them a lot of money for the Star Wars movies, because the or the aspect ratio of a shower door. So what they did was they would just buy shower doors, and then keep, <laughs> oh wow, really? Yeah, and then keep them in a um, yeah glass shower doors. They were kept in a vertical file. And you could just go and read the label on the edge of it and pull it out and have a look and maybe mo- use yeah. it for the next sequel. I believe it was the Star Wars movies where that happened. Yeah, I was amazed when I saw the, the map painting of uh, when they have like the all the stormtroopers and this massive kind of uh, triumph of the will scene. Oh, the yeah. information. The, the Death Star is like about half a dozen of them were real and the rest was painting. Oh, God, yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy. Uh, so what else on the list? Sorry. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's it. Okay, because we kind of did, we did our our traditional rabbit hole <laughs> that we that we do. Um, right, Lost Empire. It's I'm going to see that. Yeah. Last Empire. Okay, we're going to. Lost Empire. Lost. I'm sorry. Lost Empire. Lost Empire. Okay. Um, well, guys, I didn't realize that uh, because of the fact that the economy wasn't open and the churches weren't packed with people, I guess I didn't realize it was Easter weekend. 
And um, it's next weekend, isn't it? Oh, is it? Yeah, oh, no, oh, I'm thinking of Palm Sunday. Um, yeah. Well, I never noticed this growing up, and I think I only noticed it two or three years ago, that the movie they always show around Easter on network television has nothing to do with Easter. Uh, no. The Ten Commandments. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I turned the television on either Saturday or Sunday afternoon, um, and the Ten Commandments was on, so I just left it on for about an hour. And uh, it's so bizarre, the casting. You know, mm-hmm. I, I hadn't watched it in a, a few years, and I went, oh, that's right, Vincent Price is in this. I, yes. I never forget, of course, that Charlton Heston and Yul Brynner and uh, Edward G. Robinson, you right. know. Chief Wiggum to all you Simpsons fans. <laughs> Vincent Price. He's just so miscast as anybody remotely Egyptian. It's just crazy. The only worse casting of an Egyptian, I would say, would be Sean Connery in Highlander. Uh, if you remember... <laughs> Yes. Connor McLeod says something about you stupid Spanish peacock. Actually, I'm Egyptian. So uh, Vincent Price takes second uh, to Sean Connery on not Egyptian. Uh, So Ten Commandments had that on for about an hour. Not my favorite. um, We didn't get to my favorite parts, uh, which is the creeping death and all the Metallica lyrics that pop up. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever noticed that. No, I haven't seen it in ages. I've got it on uh, Blu-ray. Oh, well, if you listen to Creeping Death by Metallica and then you watch the Ten Commandments, it's like, oh, man, Hetfield just sat there with a notebook and just wrote lines from the movie. (laughs) You know? So anyway, I watched about an hour of that and it was uh, like, oh, okay, I know what time of year it is. Um, And I watched a few virus movies for the show uh, and I watched some Bigfoot documentary called Don't Call Me Bigfoot. And all of the... <laughs> He's sensitive about his growth. Apparently. <laughs> we call him. There's some commercial where, where Bigfoot uh, points out that his name is like Kevin or something. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I watched some Bigfoot documentary. And I got to be honest with you guys unless it's outstandingly good or outstandingly bad, a lot of the UFO stuff and a lot of the Bigfoot stuff starts to blur together. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> uh, I do think both exist. I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, I don't know where it's coming from, but not everybody who's experiencing these things is crazy. So it's something either they're all being tricked or, or there's something out there that's legitimately fooling people. Either bears are taller and skinnier in person and have a better stride or, or something is going on. I don't know what it is. Um, so, uh, Andromeda strain, the world, the flesh and the devil and virus are the three I watched. Um, it's weird, like Andromeda Strain. It's one of those movies where you hear the title all the time. You you hear that, oh, it's Michael Crichton many, many years before Jurassic Park. And um, and then it's like, yeah, I could, uh, I could watch that eventually. And then I never did, never did. And then finally I was like, 
huh, I still haven't watched this. And Jolene, you loaned it to me. So thank you for that. It was pretty thrilling. I got to be honest with you. Yeah. Very impressive special effects. Um, when did you first come across it? I got to ask. I was probably one of those science fiction seasons they had on the BBC. Yeah. Probably a double bill with the uh, phase four. Uh, Ooh, good one. What's phase four? <laughs> I don't know that one. That's the Saul Bass film about the, uh, they, the investigation is colony of ants who are becoming more and more intelligent. Oh, cool. Getting more and more organized. Saul, yeah. Saul Bass from Rankin and Bass. Saul Bass from the Hitchcock movies. Yeah. yeah. But also. He's a record artist and a credits designer. Yeah. But also Rankin Bass. Yeah. Same, same. The same one? I'm sure that's the same dude. I could look it up if you want, but uh, I am certain that it's, uh, it's the same, same uh, guy. I don't think so. Oh, well, let's look it up. Um, Let's see, Rankin Bass. Let me do this while we're talking. And first, uh, first use of computer graphics in a uh, feature film, Saw Bass. Oh, okay. Uh, on uh, Vertigo. Yeah. Well, those, well, those swirling credits at the start were all, they, they didn't call it computer graphics back then, but that was all programmed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, you know what? I am. Absolutely wrong. Uh, Jules Bass is the Bass of Rankin Bass. Um, uh, let me see if he's related, though, because it would make sense with the animation and whatnot. <laughs> I mean, if they were brothers, that would make sense. Um, mm-hmm. Doesn't mention it in Wikipedia, but then again, it's just Wikipedia. Uh, okay. We know for sure. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's not the same, it's not the same bass. So take it back. All right. But yeah, um, he took credit. Uh, well, he tried to steal credit for the shower scene in psycho because he storyboarded it. He storyboarded it very in a lot of detail. Yeah. Well, I guess he didn't try to steal credit. He tried to, he tried to ask for the credit that was due. Hmm. If that makes sense, because yeah, the story, yeah. the storyboard, I saw the pictures in that, what was that movie called where they talk about how many frames or how many minutes or, oh, yeah. um, oh, I forget the exact number. Yeah. But in any event, um, yeah, he, he really did uh, lay it all out very nicely. So, um, I'm sorry about going down that rabbit hole. And just strain it, so it gets pretty tense. It winds up the tension. It really does. For a while, you you start thinking, "Oh, is this going to turn into boredom? Five stories underground, and then it gets bananas in fairly Mm -hmm. short order." And you wonder what's going to happen next. Um, I was impressed with the lasers shooting the the guy climbing up the. uh, Oh yeah, that hurts. Oh man. Yeah, he's he's trying to shut off the self-destruct thing. Holy wow, that that is that is some really good tension. I mean, you kind of know he's going to do it, but it's close enough to the runtime of the movie where you think he could not, and everything's lost. But uh, yeah, the the uh, 
the technology was way ahead of its time as far as how everything looked, the set design and the technology. It was way ahead of uh, 1971 release, so it was made in 70, 71 from a 1969 book. So they didn't even wait that long to make it into a movie. No. I wonder, kind of wonder if he knew ahead of time that they were going to make it into a movie. Oh, he may have. Yeah. Yeah, Crichton. Um, let's see. I want to look. I think he wrote that right after medical school instead of passing the, uh, I don't know, whatever, the last medical exam, your bar, or whatever they call that. Right. Yeah, that that would totally make sense. So he just said, no, I'm going to make more money doing this. I think so. He had, he, had to know, he had to know that there were offers if he was going to do that. Yeah. Oh, my God. He wrote, he wrote Runaway? Speaking of Tom Selleck. Mm-hmm. And to a lesser extent, Gene Simmons. <laughs> Tom Selleck. <laughs> you know what kiss meets the phantom was better <laughs> i have to watch that before next time i've got your flash drive here jolian oh yeah we should all watch that yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you got a copy of that no i need a copy of that i can send you a link uh, yeah okay. i'll send you a link excellent uh you're you're not, you're not on facebook are you no, just email it to me. Okay. I should note that down. Excellent. How hard would it have been to do a decent Kiss movie back then? Uh, I don't know. They could have just done a concert. It really involved Kiss. I mean, yeah, I guess you just do a concert film, but... Yeah, that would have done much act- better. No, not even a little. Okay. Okay, so, so I understood they, they thought that was going to be like Star Wars. Oh, is that what they thought? Because <laughs> they were wrong. Yeah, that's what they thought. It's better than Star Wars Christmas special. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Sorry. What isn't better than Chris, the Star Wars Christmas special? They tr- what, what was it? Lucas tried to snuff that out and make it go away. Yeah. And there were enough nerds that had VHS recorders at the time to where it survived. Yeah. So yeah, I heard about it long before I ever got to see it. So I got to ask you guys, is this a great time or a terrible time to watch a virus movie? I don't know. I've, I never felt more Gen X-y than watching a apocalypse movie during the apocalypse. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> We were told to expect that mushroom cloud for our entire childhoods. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and now we're, it's here and we're watching, you know, contagion movies with bemused irony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and really, I just kind of feel like I, I want to just blare some Nirvana and make some splashy paintings on giant canvases. And, uh, start smoking cigarettes or something. It just, it just feels like everything is stupid and doesn't make sense. Yeah. 
the, the apocalypse is here and everyone's bored. Yeah. That is very Gen X-y of us. <laughs> I didn't know that we were such a small, in, in terms of population, that we were such a small generation. Well, that's why we get ignored because we don't generate the money. And you know what's, yeah. what's really great about that is most of us are cool with being ignored. Yeah. I got, a, <laughs> speaking of getting a hold of old college friends, um, I checked in on a friend of mine who I was going to see if I got to go to uh, Emerald City Comic Con, a college friend of mine, Kevin, and I checked in with him. It's like, oh, I'm not going to make it to the con, obviously, since it's canceled. And he's like, yeah, you would have gotten sick. And then... Um, He's, uh, he's working from home now. And so I checked in with him how, how, how quarantine was going. And he's just like, I'm going nuts. I want to make a mask out of a pillowcase and get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) So I said, I could send you a mask. That's all we do now is sew masks. That's kind of my, that's, that's my job while I don't have a job. Uh, so yeah, I, I just sort of feel like everything is just bleak and stupid. Yeah. And I put on an N95 mask and I bolt into the post office and I dump out all of the stuff that needs mailed and get the hell out as quick as possible. And then I dispose of my gloves in the back of the car. And, uh, I just feel like, we're supposed to completely stay home if possible, but then the mailman doesn't show up. I got to go to the post office. This, this is not the heroic, um, stabbing clubbing situation we were told to expect. You know, we're not, we're not, we're not, I, I, we're I've not noticed in Italian post-apocalypse movies, yeah. uh, that all the specialty clothing stores are still open. It's like the bad guys <laughs> always, they always have leather and studs going. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, they're essential. Uh, in the in the actual apocalypse, everybody's wearing cargo shorts. <laughs> it's just sad. <laughs> it's alarming how many people are in a public building like that with no mask on, though. After we were told, you better wear one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we're a scarf if you like that look. Yeah. Yeah. Did you notice that the president said scarfs instead of scarves? Scarfs? Scarfs. You know, like the way one scarfs down a Big Mac? Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe that's he was hungry when he was saying it. Maybe. (laughs) So, yeah. The hamburger. He's the hamburglar. So, um, yeah, we're not out raiding canned goods from abandoned houses or whatever. We're just out, like, going to the grocery store again. Jesus, that was an ordeal last time. How long ago did you go? We went on Saturday. Oh. Our once-a-week trip. And, God, it was just a madhouse. People seemed especially frantic with their masks on this time. Yeah, I kind of want to print some masks that have just like um, maniacal twisted smiles printed on them. Ooh, good idea. Yeah, like, uh, oh, what's that What's that crazy movie that Lon Chaney made where he was a clown? 
the old silent, was it a silent movie? Well, yeah, all of Lon Chaney Sr. Anyway. I don't uh, know which one you're talking about. Yeah. You're talking about London After Midnight? No, but that that's cool, too. Yeah, he had all the pointy teeth. That's a missing movie. Um, I don't know. We're way off. <laughs> we're way off track on this. Okay, so um, Andromeda Strain, Virus, and uh, The World of Flesh and the Devil are the ones I watched. What did, what did you guys watch? I watched Virus. Is that the only and one? A, and a special edition of a, or a special episode of Emergency that dealt with the monkeypox. Uh, the monkeypox? Yeah. Oh, crap. Some sort of Asian flu spread by monkeys. Oh, what year? What year was that one? Seventy-two. Man, they were worried about it in seventy-two. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Jolene, what all did you watch? Uh oh. Did we lose Jolene again? I think we may have lost him. Or did we bore him to death? <laughs> Could be. All right, we'll give him a minute. Um, yeah, we're at about 45 minutes anyway. So, um, Will, have you seen Andromeda Strain recently? No, I haven't seen that in 25 years, probably. Yeah. That's about when I should have seen it and never Yeah, did. when you were talking about the, la- the guy being shot with the lasers, I don't remember that at all. It's It's a mind eraser. Yeah, there's a um, there's a mistake that that uh, the virus has breached some hull or something, and so the entire underground bunker goes into self destruct mode, and this guy has to take this weird special shaped key, and go through some air vent to get to some thing that looks just like the you remember the part where Obi Wan Kenobi shuts off the 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 uh, tra- yeah, tractor the force field the force field yeah. It's the, yeah, the tractor uh, beam. That's right. Yeah, the tractor beam. Um, I think it's the same set, or same, oh. or same matte paintings or something. It's this big. It, c- yeah, that was all a matte painting. Yeah, it's a big cylindrical thing inside of a room, and it's many stories, and there's a ladder. It just felt very much like the same scene. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, <clears throat> let's put it up there. That's, yeah. Seems like a good plan. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I watched that. And uh, Virus, I think we were we were talking about how this uh, was a bad transfer on... Uh, that was on Prime, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a bad transfer, and uh, the um, aspect ratio was obviously for television. Yeah. For, for an old television, not new televisions. So it was the um, five four five four ratio, yeah, and uh, or is it four three or four I think it's five? I think you're right. I think it's five four, and um, it just looked bad. And, yeah, and the entire middle hour of the movie was pretty dull. The whole thing was pretty dull. Well, the beginning had some action. The end had some like tension. You know, like we were worried about the uh, the, uh, nu- the All nukes. the bombs were going to launch, yeah. Yeah, so there was that. But by the time they finally got to that, you're like, yeah, that middle part's got me kind of 
kind of punchy. I'm not yeah. sure I care. Go ahead, nuke the whole thing. Take me with it. There was another movie. I didn't watch it, but it was uh, a the description said a uh, virus tipped nuclear weapon. Like, would the virus survive? You know, that doesn't make any damn sense, does it? Yeah. Yeah, if you've got like a this crazy mushroom cloud, you know, how many millions of degrees of heat must that be? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. No. I uh, miss Chuck Connors as a British submarine captain, though. That's weird, right? Yeah, I, I have to go back and see him. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. But they uh, they were trying to do a lot of international stuff there. So, it, of course, it did get a little weird. You know, it was a Japanese production, <coughs> I believe. Yeah. Because yeah, it was Toho Studios. It was a Japanese, yeah, Japanese production, um, but a minimal Japanese cast. It was mostly American. It was. And I think maybe that's sort of the marketing they had in mind. Um, yeah. Sonny Chiba was in this. But I, oh, is he? Yeah, I, I didn't recognize him, though. Um, ah. Yeah, Sonny Chiba played uh, Dr. Uh, Yamauchi. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I didn't recognize him. We remember him. his character, right? No. All these characters, so memorable. Yeah, they all did. Like George Kennedy? <laughs> yeah, the only thing that... That was just... He was playing himself, right? Pretty much, yeah. I think uh, a lot like John Candy pretty much himself and everything he was in, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Bo Svensson was major Carter. So yeah. he was still coasting on that walking tall stuff because it was replaying on uh, TV. Yeah. You get back. Oh, you're, oh, you're back. You're back. Hello. 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 So, Jolien, we were just talking about uh, virus kind of briefly and how, how you had like all that stuff at the beginning of the movie where it's like these high stakes situations and this plane crash and the virus gets released and the pandemic breaks out. And the end of the movie where, you know, all this stuff has happened and the nukes might launch themselves because of an earthquake. But there's a middle part of the movie that we were wondering if because the transfer was bad and the aspect ratio was all cropped, all stupid, did that make the middle of this movie not as enjoyable or was it actually kind of dull for the middle part? Um, or, or were you totally interested the whole time? Oh, did we oh there he is. Who are you asking? I'm I'm sorry. I'm asking you, Jolien. Did you did you find the did you find the middle part of virus kind of dull, or, or were you pretty uh, pretty good with it all the way through? Uh, I was I was fine with it. Uh, it I felt uh, I I felt the last third it, it felt a bit long. I, uh, that's when I thought, oh, this should have been a mini mini series or something. Uh, yeah. Because it's like, oh, here's another disaster movie starting. Right. Um, I, I know they set it up at the beginning. But, uh, yeah, that just that's where I felt it got a bit too long. Yeah. So. Um, 
So did you? You were probably not aware that the uh, the transfer on uh, on this movie and the cropping looked pretty bad. I don't know if you, if you were aware of that or not, but uh, I, I've got ones that are pretty good looking uh, as the proper ratio and it's the full length, uh, ah. the two hour thirty six minute version. Um, Will you don't want more of this movie? No. Okay. Well, the, the short one uh, takes out uh, some of the good stuff, so it, it doesn't feel as good as the uh, the full length one. Yeah. Okay. That kind of makes sense. Um, yeah, if you're missing some plot points, it can make it just sort of meander for no reason, I suppose. Um, but uh, how was this? I don't have any any uh, info here on uh, how this did as far as like the uh, the 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 reception of the movie. Was it well received in its time? Do you know? Uh, no, it was not. It was a huge loss. This was the most expensive Japanese movie at the time, and I think still is. Ooh. And uh, yeah, this failed badly, and uh, it was di- uh, released directly to TV in America. So. Uh, didn't even work as an international corporation. Ouch. Didn't even get a theatrical release in the U.S. Okay. Um, I kind of think maybe they could have cut Godzilla into this movie and, and saved it, like, for for not losing money. Yeah. I mean, it would only take a... You wouldn't have to write much into the movie to make it happen, right? That would be fun. <laughs> I mean, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, you put God, you put Godzilla in anything. It's going to make it more fun. Oh sure. <clears throat> when Harry met uh, Sally, <laughs> they've been trying to make this movie since the '60s because the the original novel, uh, Sakio Komatsu novel, came out in '64. Okay. And they've been trying to make it since then. Wow. Um, he's he's known for his uh, uh, science fiction novels. Um, Several, several of which have been filmed, um, although uh, I don't think any of them were big hits. Uh, he did one called Espy, which is about uh, spies with ESP. Uh, oh, oh uh, he did he did a novel called uh, Nihon Chibotsu, which is uh, uh, Japan Sinks. Uh, that was a massive hit on TV when they made a series out of it. And they made a, a feature film out of it, too, in the early 70s. And that was a hit. Um, but then uh, around the time of Virus, they made another one called Sayonara Jupiter, which is uh, it's cilia. Um And I don't think that was a hit either. Hmm. Mm. What, what do you think was causing all of this to kind of miss its mark? Uh, I think by the time they actually got it out, it was old hat. It was uh, – you'd had the big disaster movies of the 70s with an all-star cast – and uh, they kind of, I think they peaked about seventy-five, and then by the late seventies, they were they were a joke. Uh, so you had Big Bus, uh, the airplane movies right. that started up. Uh, yeah, they, they were. I find they were jokes, and they, they also had George Kennedy in them, by the way. Um, uh. <laughs> so, uh, and then uh, you know, this virus has uh, subtitles, so it's not going to get into uh, American mainstream theaters. Ah. Um, and I think there's some really bad decisions made in this film. 
Um, but uh, overall, I like it. it. You know, when it's good, it's it's quite strong. But uh, uh, it's it's got this like stupid stuff in it, like the topless disco scene. It's just like, you know, why is that in there? Um, yeah. Uh, why is Chuck Connors playing an English subcaptain? Yes. Why? Um, <laughs> why are the women's Why are the women's concerns just uh, you know they give him a couple of minutes screen time and then it's dropped? Hmm. You know that would be a yeah. major part of a series, right? If that problem came up. Yeah, I thought that was gonna, there was going to be a lot more of that. Yeah, that's about like five minutes tops. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's just too much uh, that's brought up and then dropped. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. A miniseries would have done better. Yeah. Uh, and I think uh, Henry Silver is way over the top. He, he feels like he's in a different movie. Yes. <laughs> very, very he's sitting funny. there going, when he's sitting there doing his evil laugh in the bunker. <laughs> yeah. That was terrible. Uh, speaking of... Yeah, he really chews the scenery in, at some points. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, but I liked, uh, you know, it's, it's got a good cast in it. Um, I liked uh, uh, Yumi Takagawa's in it. She was in uh, School of the Holy Beast. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. The yeah. greatest Christmas movie ever made. That's true. Yeah. In fact, um, yeah, that, that, that could be recommended Christmas viewing, I think, for anybody. <laughs> anybody Definitely. Anybody open-minded should just do it. Um, when we were talking, uh, earlier, um, Jolien, when we, when we lost, uh, when we lost you from, uh, the zoom meeting, uh, we were talking about, uh, Andromeda strain and how they had that, that, uh, real nail biting part where the guy is trying to shut off the self-destruct mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Um, something I really wanted to mention, uh, speaking of set paintings and, or, um, matte paintings and whatnot is that uh robert wise who directed this uh also directed the um the day the earth stood still and um and uh what was the other one i was thinking of the haunting the haunting um and west side uh, story <laughs> yes uh wow so much stuff um run silent run deep um yeah. the hindenburg like so much good stuff like uh Orky. but yeah, <laughs> Porky's Three: The Reckoning. Um, but he, oh. <laughs> but he won he won Academy Awards for Best Director and Best Picture for both West Side Story and Sound of Music, and was nominated for Best Film Editing for Citizen Kane in 1941. So this is a heavy hitter they brought in for this one. So they weren't messing around. So when you got those um, those movies in the early 70s, like Andromeda Strain, and then uh, uh, 2001, uh, you were getting some stuff that was so ahead of its time that had some of the best people on the job. So, uh, as much as, as much as there are a lot of movies in the seventies where it's like the, Oh, it, it doesn't age well because of one reason or another, this one really does just fine as far as, uh, still looking great and, and, uh, kind of really hitting it home with the, with the suspense and, and uh, not the boring suspense that we're all under wondering, you know, what's going to happen next, but, but some cool movie suspense, <laughs> boring suspense. 
is a new genre. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Suspense boredom. Um, but yeah, that that uh, really was, was pretty cool to just sort of look into that guy's resume and say, wow, they, were, they weren't messing around. They wanted to make sure they got it right. And, uh, you know. Uh, so Andromeda strain and, and, and virus, uh, between the two, I would take Andromeda strain. Um, yeah. but will, I know Jolien of course has seen this cause you loaned it to me, but will, have you seen the world, the flesh, the devil? No. Okay. So this one, um, Jolien loaned it to me because we were talking about like when you have somebody going through the abandoned, uh, you know, cityscape and, um, you've got all of this crazy, uh, you know, like wondering if there's anyone else left. So the, like the last man on earth or, or any number of other movies. And of course this one, it, it kind of gives it away because you see on the, um, the box art on the, on the DVD or the poster art, um, that yes, there's a, at least two other people who are still left, but, uh, Harry Belafonte is a, um, a miner in Pennsylvania who is trapped in a cave-in and there's some people like under 18. <laughs> no, he's, he's over 18. He's a coal miner. And, uh, and so he's trapped in a cave-in and you can, you can hear, he tries to make communication, but, uh, he could finally hear people digging and he, and he communicates with them, uh, they can hear him, but he can't hear them over this old, uh, messed up uh, communication phone of sorts. And so he knows that they hear him. He know he knows that, that, uh, there's someone digging to get him and the digging stops. And finally he gets his own way out to discover that there's been a nuclear Holocaust and, and he's probably the last person alive. And so he wanders through an abandoned cityscape and just sees everything's destroyed. He sees the last couple of uh, newspaper headlines affirming that, yes, there's been this nuclear holocaust. And then goes into a car dealership and takes uh, a like a Plymouth, very similar to Christine. <laughs> he takes a Plymouth straight out of the showroom and uh, chucks a tire through the, through the uh, plate glass window and then drives off with it and heads to New York City, of course. Because where else are you going to go? And so then he's wandering through New York and uh, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of the uh, last man on earth stuff going on. Uh, of course, this is before that. And he's uh, the, uh, the novel of uh, I'm Legend came out in 54. Oh, so that does predate this. Yeah. OK, so they may have borrowed heavily from that. Possibly. Um, what was the year of this movie? 59? 59. Yeah. Okay. So he's, he's, um, he's very skilled at turning systems back on. He knows a lot about, uh, apparently electricity and radios and communication and a lot of different things. So, uh, it's kind of cool to watch him get things back online and make some communication. He hears some people trying to communicate via radio in other parts of the world. But then finally, um, this attractive blonde woman named Sarah is sort of crossing paths with him and they finally meet up 
she's seems to be hiding from him. And, um, Jolene, I, I want to know how, how long ago did you see this for the first time? Cause for me, it was just a couple nights ago. Ooh, not that long ago. Uh, yeah, I think I had to wait until I got that DVD. I, I lent you. Okay. Um, what did you think when you first saw this? Uh, I really like the scenes where it's just him. Yeah. Uh, once the people turn up, it gets less interesting. It becomes uh, more of a like, social commentary film. Yeah. With 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 no guts. Um, and but at, at the start, it's very compelling. Where he, you know, he's wandering around in empty, you know, the, the big, biggest city in the world at the time. I think. Absolutely. Um, it, you're right. It doesn't really take a stance as far as uh, interpersonal relationships, especially where race is concerned. Yeah. Because uh, we do finally get a third character, Benson, who's played by uh, Mel Farrar, uh, who arrives by boat uh, in the harbor. And uh, at first you're not sure if, if he's just a little bedraggled or whatever, but you find out, no, he's just probably a terrible person. And then a few things happen. And, not bedraggled, but terrible. Yeah, I mean, you could be bedraggled and appear to be a little, <laughs> a little terrible, but after you get cleaned up and rested and get something to eat, then maybe you're less terrible. No, he gets more terrible. <laughs> and uh, there, there is a line somewhere in the movie where he says something to the effect of, uh, I don't have a problem with you being a Negro. Or something like that. Mm. Yeah, that's a red flag. Yeah, usually when someone says that, they do have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, that word wasn't wasn't really um, well liked by black people for much longer after this movie. I want to say that. Yeah, that, that was that was still fifties jargon, but yeah, that, that didn't have long to go. Yeah, uh, by by the mid sixties. Black people were like, no, don't call me that. And, uh, but in this movie, it's such a foregone conclusion that there is no way that this white woman is going to want to actually be in a relationship with this man or that he's going to try to pursue it. It's just a foregone conclusion. Like it's just not going to happen, which, um, you know, the way we look at things today, it's like, well, why is that such a big hurdle? And it's like, you're the last man on earth and still no. And then yeah. here's this reprehensible character that shows up and he gets a big maybe. And then that turns into a probably. And then what does he try to do? Kill the black guy. <laughs> so yeah. I, I'm kind of shorthanding the whole thing here, but um, you know, we did warn about spoilers. Uh, but wow, he's just like, you're in the way. Uh, I'm terrible and you're not. Um, you're younger, I'm older, so you've got to die. <laughs> That's kind of like... But, uh, the, uh, one of the other virus movies I watched was um, uh, uh, The Omega Man. Oh, yeah. Ooh, so that one is officially the second film of uh, I Am Legend. Yes. Yeah, but it's much closer to uh, the world of the flesh and the devil. It really is you know, isn't down it? to the down to the car showroom scene. 
Oh yeah. And the, the dummies and everything. Yeah, he's got um, he's got mannequins for then, company. Yeah. But in that one, race comes up because like uh, the the last woman he finds is a black woman. Oh yeah, that's yeah, right. And you can't, uh, but between them, it's not an issue. It doesn't come up. Right. Um, and they definitely have sex. But uh, uh, then the the villains are uh, instead of being vampires like in the novel, they're uh, albinos. Right. Being mutated by the virus, and uh, so because they're albinos, is you know one of them's obviously uh, a black guy, right? Uh, because they're albinos, the uh, their leader says, "Oh, we're all we're all equal now because uh, the skin color is the same." So it is an issue for him, um, <laughs> and he's denying wow. that issue, but it's still there. Um, so I I think. Uh, the Omega Man is a superior version of the world, the flesh, and the devil, but an inferior version of I am legend, if you follow me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get I get your logic there. That makes sense. Um Yeah, I think the Lost Man on Earth is a much closer adaptation. I and mean, no one's done it cl- very closely, the original novel. No. But uh yeah, I think Lost Man on Earth is still the best one. That's yeah. Yeah, that would make sense. Um and how did you feel about the um, the remake starring Will Smith? Did you see that one, Will? Yeah, I saw that one. Um, I liked the uh, <clears throat> the original ending they had on it until they changed it to the uh, the crowd pleasing ending that was released. The uh, original ending was closer to the book, and the. Uh, crowd pleasing ending i don't remember quite what happened he jumped out of the way of an explosion or something i <laughs> i don't remember i watched both of them when they came out yeah it was all right i don't know why they did cgi zombies but yeah I, that really put me off it. yeah yeah that was probably the worst part of the film was the cgi zombies agreed totally agree but again, I like the early scenes where it's just him and it's like the overgrown city. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. I like that. If, if, if either one of you watched that uh, that series, I want to say it's on Netflix called uh, uh, The World. I think it's, is it The World After People? Is it Earth After Man or something? Like yeah, that? something like that. Yeah. Have, have either one of you watched that series? I've seen uh-huh. something like it. I've not seen the series. I've, I've seen a documentary that kind of like that it's kind of cool to see like how long would it take before this system would collapse and shut down and uh for things to cave in and become overgrown (laughs) the economy collapses and immediately everyone has to wear barrels we're we're three weeks into it here (laughs) the lockdown and pollution is down 80 percent oh man yeah eight zero yeah, if it weren't for trees spewing their tree jizz into the air and causing all the seasonal allergies, man, everything would be great. But um, I don't know <laughs> if either one of you have pollen allergies, but... Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I take a generic Zyrtec in the morning and a generic Claritin in the afternoon just to be able to breathe. And, and uh, like the, the pollen... Uh, uh, website i think it's pollen.com 
rated today, I think was 11.3 or 11.5 out of 12 as far as severity. Ooh. Yeah. So the, so the trees are the big culprit right now, ironically. (laughs) (laughs) Man is doing fine. The trees are a bunch of dicks. (laughs) Well, that's that's a matter of point of view, isn't it? It really is. Uh, and if you ever saw that terrible Marky Mark movie, um, The Happening, <laughs> oh God, it's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. It's not so funny now. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not funny ab- about um, end of March, beginning of April through, I don't know, two months before the trees stop whatever it is they're doing. But um, anyway... I've got another virus one for you. Yeah. Uh, have you have you seen the crazies? A uh, long time ago. Yeah, I want to say a few years ago. Yeah. George yeah. Romero. Yeah. That's, That's a good right. one. <clears throat> Where is it available, or did you have a disc of it? Uh, I've got a copy. Oh, okay. I'll have to see if it's out there for us to just watch it on Prime or something. Um, it's it's yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. yeah. I went back and watched the original because the remake was not being um, exactly well-received by people who liked Romero. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't keen on the remake, but the, uh, yeah, I watched the uh, 1973 one. Yeah. This, this one's about uh, like a overnight, this uh, plane, uh, uh, well, this virus has hit this uh, town called Evans City in Pennsylvania. Oh. And uh, uh, so during the night, uh, the army turns up and they're all wearing NBC suits and, uh, uh, they they work on cordoning off the town and then the, they get set up in the hospital and uh, they're trying to corral all the people into the uh, high school. And uh, of course, this is like a big farming community. Lots of people have got guns, so it gets pretty messy. And uh, and this virus drives people other... Uh, sometimes they, they go crazy and they start killing their own families and so on or, or doing just bizarre things like uh, sweeping the lawn and uh, uh, playing the piano while the rest of their family gets murdered or <laughs> stuff like that. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so uh, the uh, so the army turns up and um, they don't have a vaccine or anything. Uh, they were told that it wouldn't be dangerous at first, uh, but then uh, and that the, uh, the this virus, which is called uh, Trixie, uh, they're told it's just a vaccine. But uh, later they find out it's uh, it is actually developed as a germ warfare weapon, um, and uh, and then uh, you, you get the army. Uh, the people start going out. Uh, uh, they're trying to round them up, and people are getting more and more tense, and, and then people start killing each other. And uh, um, uh, you know, everyone's uh, kind of portrayed as human like the army and, and the citizens, but, uh, you know, it's also, uh, tense and disorganized that things go wrong very quickly. Um, so there's a great scene where, uh, they get into a house and there's this, uh, lovely granny in the, uh, in the attic who's like doing some knitting. Do you remember that bit? Oh, like the soldier in his hazmat suit comes into the room and she like gets up with a knitting needle and stabs him and he falls back down the stairs and the, like the wool is still attached to the knitting needles. So there's this ball of yarn oh. bouncing up for him. Oh, uh, that's cool. Yeah. I don't remember that, but that's cool. 
there's always scenes of these guys in these white suits, you know, their white NBC suits, and uh, it kind of uh, uh, is the first thing I thought of when during the uh, the Mad Cow outbreak. Yeah, uh-huh. and it looked just like it with guys in these hazmat suits wandering around with rifles in the in the fields of England oh, shooting cows. Oh, so uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's got some strong stuff in it. Oh, and it's got a couple of uh, couple of people you recognise from the rest of the Zombie trilogy. Um, oh. so it's got uh, Richard France, who is in Dawn of the Dead, and he's he's a zombie in Night of the Living Dead, and he, and it's got uh, Richard Liberty, who played um, Doctor Logan in Day of the Dead. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, uh, you've got Lynn Lowry's in it um, from Shivers, um, uh, and Will McMillan plays the lead. Uh, he plays this guy named David, who's uh, he's working as a firefighter with his buddy. They were both in Vietnam, but uh, David was a Green Beret, um, so he, he's able to survive longer than most of the others. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's pretty strong stuff. It's it's quite on the nose about being a, a Vietnam allegory. Okay. Um, so it, yeah, it doesn't really leave much room for interpretation and. Like imagination, like the uh, like not the Living Dead did. You can like interpret it in various ways. This is like uh, no, the, here we are. This is this is Vietnam in Pennsylvania. This is the madness come home. You know. Um, yeah. So it, it's a, it's kind of more blunt. Um, and it was another box office failure. Oh. So, uh, but it's uh, yeah, it's really worth checking out. Now I I just pulled up the. Um the, the, the page about this and uh, I was curious if anyone else from the um, original Night of Living Dead was was involved at all and it turns out that the cinematography was Bill Hinsman who was yeah uh, who was also a, he played a little bit part in the movie he's man in infirmary also crazy shooting at the doctor's office but uh, <laughs> but he's the cinematographer so the first zombie you see in Night of Living Dead uh, stumbling through the cemetery is Bill Hinsman. So yeah, th- that's pretty cool. And of course that one was, uh, that cemetery is in Evans city. Uh, the one from night of living dead. So, um, that, that's one of those crazy things that, uh, George Romero wanted to touch back on that. I'm sure. Um, so that's that's probably a, a pretty high recommend then. Yeah. As far as virus movies. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would say although uh, it's uh, watch it. although yeah, and it's been. Long. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I just said I'll have to watch that one again. It's been a long time. Yeah. Same here. It's been quite a while, and uh, unfortunately, the remake is similar enough to where. It it just sort of uh, erases some of the memory of it. Um, but that had Timothy Oliphant in it, the remake did. I usually like I like him in most everything he's in. Um, so out of all the virus stuff, uh, one that I did not rewatch, but I kind of plan to, I own a copy of it, is 12 Monkeys. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, I mean, Terry Gilliam directed that one. Um, you've got Bruce Willis, Madeline Stowe, Brad Pitt, Christopher Plummer. Um, just a really good movie. 
and shot on location in Pittsburgh and, uh, I'm sorry, not Pittsburgh, um, Philadelphia and Baltimore. And they just did such a good job on this one. Um, it's just bleak and not just the virus stuff, but time travel. I love time travel yeah. so much. And you get both in one movie. Did you know it's based on a, a an old French movie in the 60s? Yeah, I've never seen it. Uh, La, La Jetée? La Jetée. La Jetée. Okay, yeah. Yeah, what is, uh, what's that like? Yeah, it's a Chris Marker film. It's, um, uh, so it's, in the future, it's like post-atomic war. Okay. And the idea is that uh, it's, the war has been so disruptive to uh, to reality that it's broken down uh, time. Oh. Cause effect. Um, so they're able to go back, but the whole film shot as stills, as, as still photos. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's really good. That sounds great. It's only about 15 minutes long, so. Oh, so so it's an actual short. Okay. Yeah. Oh wow, I would watch that for sure. So old, old French movies. I don't know. I have a a, a special place in my heart for old French movies. <laughs> I just bought a it few. It was of them. on YouTube at one point. Yeah, it's probably not hard to sneak it by. It's a short, so why not, right? By the time anyone figures it out. You know, you've already watched it. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, does uh, does anyone have uh, strong feelings about anything we should watch for the next show? Sure, you watch Kiss. I think Kiss meets the Phantom would be the levity we need right now. Yeah. I mean, I might watch Detroit Rock City as well if I could get a hold of that. Uh, I understand that the um the live kiss stuff in Detroit rock city was a kiss imitator band, uh, <laughs> really? a kiss tribute band. And I guess yeah. the footage actually fooled Gene Simmons. So that's pretty good. Um, yeah, we, we should do that. We should watch kiss meets the phantom of the park or one of the other several titles it had. <laughs> it's just terrible. And I'm going to be watching Lost Empire. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. I, I wrote that down, too. Uh, Lost <laughs> Lost Empire and Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. Um, yeah, okay. No, no. We, getting it better. I want, That's a dry double bill. So I want each of us to come up with our own drink recipe for a, a cocktail called Black Ace Freely. <laughs> and if our listeners don't know why, uh, you'll you'll find out next week. All right, I should watch it with Emily. She's a mix master. Yes. Then we'll see what we can come up with. Yeah, I think that that's a great idea. Um, <laughs> I might have to go to the liquor store, but I will put on my N95 mask and my goggles and gloves. And and makeup. And my makeup. I you know what I'll do is is I I will uh, I will paint uh, Peter Chris makeup onto my <laughs> uh, onto my N95 mask and my goggles. Right. All right, good. And then I'm just going to wait for somebody to say, nobody wants to be Peter Chris. Not even Peter Chris <laughs> wants to be Peter Chris. 
Did I did I ever tell you guys that when I would go into the uh, liquor store when they're sampling wines back when they still used to sample wines, I would always say I never drink wine, and never yeah. never did they ever get the Dracula reference. And I've got to try, uh, heard it so often. <laughs> yeah, and I've got a Dracula tattoo right here on my bicep. We'll try yelling at uh, Colgin's the only thing that keeps us together. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> it's cold gin time again. You know, it's the only thing. So <laughs> I think I, I think I'm going to listen to Kiss Alive after we get out of here. Oh, yeah. It's such a good album. Largely faked, I guess. Right. It turns out. Oh, lots of overdubs. Yes. And some of the best. I think I did all his solos. Live or in the studio? Uh, I think Ace wasn't happy with his the the live stuff, so he he redid his solos. Well, that would make they sense. He edited them into the show. That would make sense. He 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 probably just wanted to sound his best. But uh, some of the best stage banter you'll ever get out of Paul Stanley on that album. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, well guys should we call it a show and come back next week with a little more levity yep awesome well uh, hang in there I'm sure that after we've flattened the curve things will just get better and better hope so yeah keep baking keep cleaning things (laughs) alright yeah you guys too and uh, listeners thank you for listening